What is up? This is Take It or Leave It. Back again with a full week of sports. Excited to be back as always. Thank you so much for joining us. So happy to have you here. It's a pleasure to get to spend some time with you. Thank you for making me a part of your day. Hey, um, I it happened again. Yesterday I was kind of doing some prep for the show. A little nervous. Didn't really know what was going to talk. I mean, there was a lot. There was, a, again, like last week, I said last week, a few topics to talk about. But didn't really have a lot to pull from. I, I, I was a little nervous. It would be a really short show. Um, and then today happened. <laughs> and so, man, I had to, to rack up some notes and kind of get some get, get some thoughts and, and opinions on these notes. A lot happened today. Let's just jump right in, starting in the NFL. Uh, so today in the NFL, a few breaking stories. Obviously, we got the combine going on. Um, uh, the, the first kind of breaking news story that happened this morning, Nick Foles. It was announced the Eagles will not be tagging him with the franchise with the franchise tag, so he'll be free game. They could have tagged him, which of course they wouldn't have kept him. They they want Carson Wentz as their future, which is the right choice. He's the better quarterback. He's the younger quarterback. He's both. He's a fantastic talent, having some issues staying healthy right now. But if as long as he can get healthy and stay healthy, he has the potential to be a Hall of Famer. He's he's that good. So they made the right choice there, but they did have the option to tag Nick Foles with the franchise tag and then trade him to somebody to try to get something in return for someone who is actually valuable. Nick Foles was valuable both seasons, the past two seasons in a row. Carson Wentz has went down, and Nick Foles has done a really good job at leading that team, uh, especially through the playoffs. Last year, obviously, winning a Super Bowl, and this year kind of falling short. He, he couldn't quite quite do it again. Um, but he, he a lot different team, a lot different situation, a lot of injuries. So it's understandable. So anyways, they're not tagging him. He will be free game on the market for anybody to sign. And so I wanted to look at a few teams that I thought would fit. Now, now he he's valuable, and I think he's going to pull a good contract. But I also don't believe teams will overpay for him. I think teams know what he is, and it's a kind of middle of the road to – to below average starter, uh, I mean he doesn't look like it in the playoffs. He can he can certainly he has certainly put a lot of good on film and a lot of stats together for the playoffs. But regular season we've seen him as a regular season starter with Philly a few years back, and he just hasn't really proved himself there. So so we kind of know him to be the absolute best, probably the all time best backup quarterback we've ever seen. And then, you know, middle of the road kind of starter. So I think he'll pull somewhere around 20 to 25 mil a year. Um, 25 probably a little high. I think he's worth closer to 18 to 20. We'll see what teams throw at him. But I kind of put together a quick list of five teams and then one bubble team that I think would be really good fits for Nick Foles. And, and these are kind of, this is me thinking who do I think would be a good fit as well as who do I think will actually go after him or who would be willing to go after him? So so we'll start this list off. We're going to go five through one, and then I'll give you my bubble team after that. Uh, so, so number five, I think, and, and there's really not a lot of teams in the NFL that do need Nick Foles, so that's why I'm going to start with number five is the New York Giants. 
I really don't believe they're going to get him. I don't believe they're interested in him, nor do I think that they will make an attempt to get him because it came out today that the Giants are expecting to have Eli Manning back. They want him back, and and it seems like they want him to be their starter. And as much as I don't love that, because as long as that's not they're not expecting him to come in and start and play well, that's the only thing holding the Giants back is the fact that Eli Manning is still their quarterback because they've got a talented defense, haven't really put it together on defense, but they've got a talented one, a lot of good players, tons of talent on offense, especially now that they have Saquon Barkley. Their offensive line is improving, and of course Odell Beckham Jr. is just an absolute freak. They just don't have anybody, they don't have a quarterback that can, they don't have an elite quarterback. Eli's not elite, hasn't been for, I don't know, he's never been elite in his career, but he's clearly had a good career in the playoffs and Super Bowl, um, having two rings. So what are they going to do with him? I, I, I can see them keeping him as a starter and letting him groom Dwayne Haskins, and I don't think that's a bad thing, or whoever they pick with, with their with their six overall pick, whatever quarterback. I believe it will be Dwayne Haskins, but I don't think that's a bad thing. Eli Manning, Eli Manning's a smart quarterback. He's been around the league forever, been a starter forever. Uh, he he has a high football IQ. He was just never the the greatest talent, and that's just, that's just it. He he has a he has a good arm, ha, has had a good arm throughout his career. But he's never mo- been the most accurate. Never he just hasn't. He's not his brother. Right? He's not Peyton, and he's not close to what Peyton was. But he's a, he has very high football IQ, and he's a good quarterback. And I think he's he'll be very good for Dwayne Haskins or whoever they pick as a quarterback to sit behind. I think that's the route they're going to go, but. I still like them to be in the mix as a possibility more than other teams for Nick Foles simply because uh, they could potentially do that. They could say, you know, let's move on from Eli, grab Nick Foles, he's 30, and maybe draft a quarterback and just have kind of like Nick Foles lead us for a couple years, maybe try to trade him once, once Haskins comes into his own. Again, not likely, but we have the Giants at five. Number four, we've got the Bengals. Um, I think they're kind of over Andy Dalton. He, he's proven he is just, uh, I mean, if you could create the most mediocre quarterback of all time, if you could just have a factory that's dedicated to, to creating the most me- mediocre quarterback of all time, mediocre accuracy, mediocre IQ, mediocre athleticism, mediocre arm strength, you'd get Andy Dalton. He's, it's, he's a, he's such a nice guy, really nice guy, but He's not a great quarterback, and I think they're kind of over it. I think they're done with him trying to be or trying to keep him as their franchise player. I could totally see the Bengals going after him, and I could I could see it working because they have weapons. Uh, that team still has weapons on offense, and um, I mean it could potentially be a really good thing for them. They've got a good young running back. Still got AJ Green there, also kind of can't stay healthy, but but he's a great wide receiver. Tyler Eifert will be coming back. He, he should be healthy. Uh, they got weapons, and and I think I think Nick Foles could really work in that in that situation. Don't know if they'll go after him, but we got them at number four, the Bengals. Uh, number three, I hate this one, but I, I do think it makes sense, and it's because I don't. I'm a, we know I'm a Dolphin fan, so number three we got the Dolphins. I I don't love that. I could totally see the Dolphins going after him. I could see it being a fit for the team, or, or I guess making sense, especially if there's not a quarterback in the first round of the draft that we like. I mean, they may not even be 
planning on getting one. But but he's 30. Nick Foles is kind of 30, so we'd be going from a 30-year-old Ryan Tannehill to a 30-year-old Nick Foles. One definitely has more experience. One, I believe, Nick Foles to be a much better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill. It would be an upgrade. But he's not a quarterback that can take a team like the Dolphins, especially one that's considered to be in a rebuild and kind of translate it into wins. He's not that guy. He's not a put-team-on-my-shoulders guy. And, uh, I mean, he had a lot to work with on the Philly, the, the Super Bowl team last two years ago now. Um, so I don't love the idea of him coming to the Dolphins as a Dolphin fan, but as a kind of just looking back and looking at the situation, it makes sense. I could totally see them going after him. And um, so, so we got the Dolphins at number three. It would it would work. Uh, a, he'd be a st- solid kind of. He would he would create some stability for new coach um, for for Flores coming in. He, he would be create a little bit of stability on the offense, and I think he would be, obviously, like I said, he would be an upgrade for sure. But uh, long term, don't like it as a fan. Number two, I've got the Redskins. I would actually love to see him go to the Redskins. It'd be you know, he, he'd be staying in the division. He knows the division well. He would, I think, instantly make that team a contender, not because he's so great, but I think he would fit in that in that system. I, I think he would do really well with the Redskins. Alex Smith, I mean, they kind of looked pretty good until Alex Smith went down. Their offense wasn't terrible, and I think he would be maybe not an upgrade over Alex Smith, but uh, they're about on the same level of uh, as far as talent and, and caliber quarterback, I, I think he would work in that system. Now we know Alex Smith; he's he's set to miss this whole season um, and maybe more. So I could totally see them kind of, especially if they tried to get him on a short-term contract, which I don't know that Nick Foles would look for at this stage in his career. He's thirty, but but I I, I really like that fit as far as the Redskins go, and I think they could do it. I think they could be interested. Um, We'll see. We have them at number two, and number one, I. It seems like Jaguars fans are into this idea, but I can see the Jaguars going and grabbing Nick Foles, and kind of upgrading from from Blake Bortles. Who, sad man, because Blake Bortles is a cool dude. He seems so cool, and uh, he looked so promising two, three years ago, and he just has not panned out. He has only regressed. But um, Nick Foles could do a lot of good with this roster. They would need a little bit more in the receiving game, I think, uh, to kind of supplement him. Because again, he's not going to put the team or the offense on his back. He needs some players around him. They got a great running game. They got a really good, uh, good running back if Fournette could stay healthy. And they've got some weapons in the receiving game. And, and if they could put a few more out there, or grab one or two more, maybe even in the draft. I think it would be a really significantly better offense under Nick Foles than than Blake Bortles. And I think, I mean, you look at them two years ago, really a year ago, but but two seasons ago, and they were contending for a Super Bowl. They were in the AFC Championship game, lost to the Patriots. He, He could potentially put them back in that kind of playoff scenario because the defense had a bad year, it regressed, but it's not going to stay that way. They have too many players, too many athletes. They did deal with some injuries this year, and their their defense is gonna is gonna turn that around quickly. I believe. I believe they're gonna be, and and they weren't even bad this year. They were just worse. They 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 regressed from what they did, you know, two seasons ago. They're gonna look a lot better this coming season. 
And I think Nick Foles could really turn that offense around and make that a, a at least a Pro Bowl caliber or at least a Pro Bowl content, contending offense. So I like the Jaguars the most as far as fit, as far as willingness to go after them. They've already expressed interest. So, uh, yeah. And then I do have one bubble team. So this would be slightly below the Giants, um, but could easily jump up past the Dolphins even to number three or two or, or whatever, uh, is the Raiders. And that is... It all depends on what they're going to do with, with Derek Carr. I love Derek Carr as a talent. He has not been good there, or he hasn't looked great the past couple of years, but we've seen that he has the potential. I hope he doesn't end up like a Blake Bortles where he has a, a year or two where he pops and then just kind of regresses the rest of his career because he looked really good. And, I mean, we, people were even calling him the next kind of Aaron Rodgers-style quarterback. He just looked that good as far as mobil- uh, his mobility, his arm strength, his accuracy. So uh, there have been rumors that they're going to move on from him or try to try to move him. We'll see that that's what it depends on with this Nick Foles thing. They could potentially be interested in bringing in a guy like Nick Foles if they're going to move on from Derek Carr. However, I don't think they're going to do that. I think they'd be a little crazy to do that. Um, but if they did, I, I think they're the next team up from this list that could use Nick Foles. Um, I can see Nick Foles. I, I do believe there are obviously other teams that would be interested in him as a backup. He's not going to be looking for that. Him and his agent are looking for, they're going to be looking for a starting role, and they believe he's proved that he can be a starter, and I think he has two. Don't know that he is necessarily a top caliber or elite starter in the league, but he's del- he's deserved it, or he has earned another shot at it, and so I think one of these teams that needs a starter will go out and get him. So that's why I have the Raiders on the bubble unless they move on from Derek Carr. Um, yeah, so so those are who I believe are kind of the best fits for Nick Foles or at least who Nick Foles would best fit this coming season and in this this kind of uh, free agency period that will be, or in this offseason that we're diving into. And I know we're all missing football so much, but this offseason – Looks like it's going to be an exciting one, so hopefully it'll hold us over. All right, we're going to stay in the NFL uh, for a couple more topics. Um, so no boom, boom music yet. Sorry. Um, Jason Witten, this is kind of a quick one. Just just saw this today. Back in the league, he's coming back to the Dallas Cowboys for about $5 million bucks for this next season, uh, leaving the analyst booth for shoulder pads and helmet again. Um, good, you know, that's exactly what this, you know, Dallas offense that struggled a bit until they got Amari Cooper last year, you know, what they needed was a slow old dude running, (laughs) running these slow old (laughs) routes. I'm just kidding. No, Jason Witten's a legend. He's going to be a hall of famer. I I like the way he plays. He is slow and he is old. But they need, they can use him. They did not have a tight end threat last year, and he will come in. And who knows? He could come back after a year of rest, and he could have a new speed to him. He could have, be a little lighter on his feet. We'll see. But um, if he kind of comes back the way he was when he retired, he will be slow. But he runs good routes. He gets open. He has great hands. And he's a fantastic blocking tight end, and that's huge for um, which they already have a, a great offensive line, top three, top five in the league. But that's going to be huge for their running game. They are going to, um, it's going to be, it's going to do wonders for Zeke. I mean, 
he'll be able to just, just what he what he already was able to do last year led the league in rushing. Uh, he's just going to be do he's going to be able to do that much more with, with another with a blocking tight end. So that'll be good for them. Uh, I like seeing him back. Like him as a player, he's fantastic. Old school, hard nose, hitch in the mouth. Um, my favorite video of Jason Witten is back a few years when he catches the ball up the seam and gets cracked. I forget who hit him. It might have been. It might have been Brian Dawkins from the Eagles. I can't remember, but he got absolutely obliterated. Helmet flies off, and the dude stays on his feet somehow and runs. I don't believe he scored. I believe he got caught because he's slow. But uh, just a fantastic play. Like That was like, if you want to show, like, okay, what should a receiving tight end look like? That's the film that you put in the training, like, Oh my gosh, just a fantastic bit of artwork from Jason Witten. Just I encourage you to look it up. Just Jason Witten helmetless run or, or loses a helmet, keeps running, something like that. Uh just a fantastic play by by Jason Witten. Love that play. All right, and last topic in the NFL, keeping it here. Uh the combine. Combine's huge. Uh, it's here. We're seeing kind of these prospective uh draft picks kind of do their thing. It, it's it's exciting watching the the bench press. Obviously, two hundred twenty-five pounds. How much? How many times can they do it? Um, it's gotten started, and I really just have one. Th- I want to focus on the quarterbacks. That's kind of the most exciting part about the combine, and and in particularly Kyler Murray. Huge news today for him, and it's going to sound silly, but he was expected to measure in at five eight five nine. No more and possibly less than 200 pounds that would be a problem for a lot of teams and that that could now it's I still think he's a first round player but it would have affected his his positioning he would have been mid to late round, first round I believe well he weigh, he measured in at 510 over 510 510 and an eighth which is huge I know again doesn't sound like much but that's huge because there are there are already quarterbacks in the league that height okay so that's huge for him. Well, maybe not. I think Baker's like 5'11". But regardless, it's, that's huge for him. Because the taller he is and the taller he is on paper, even though it sounds silly and stupid, like who cares? The kid can play. Teams care about that. So the 5'10 measurement was huge, and he weighed in actually heavier than Russell Wilson weighed in. at. He actually weighed in at 207 pounds. So that was huge for him. And then his his hands, they were really worried about the size of his hands. Measured bigger than Baker Mayfield's hands did last year. He's fine. He, he checked all those boxes as, quite frankly, literally bigger than what he was expected to measure in at. And so that's huge for him. Now he is still the shortest QB to measure in at the Combine since 2003. So he's short, and if he goes in the first round, he'll be the shortest QB drafted since 2003 in the first round. Um so there there's some negatives there as far as far as he's still small, but he's way bigger and I know it's it's inches and it's a few pounds and it's a it's a few quarter inches with his hands, but he is bigger than he was expected to be and that is going to do wonders for him. I tweeted today that could potentially 
help him to contest Dwayne Haskins as the number one QB picked. And I truly believe that because he was already hyped up and possibly and kind of like known to be the second QB going behind Dwayne Haskins when everyone thought he was going to measure in 5'8", 5'9", and, and 195. You, he measures in now five, over 5'10", and 207. That could put him up in the conversation. And I already saw Peter Schrager with NFL Network. His mock draft, his first mock draft, has Kyler Murray going number one to the Cardinals. I guess Cliff Kingsbury, I mean, which makes sense. There's a connection there. But Cliff Kingsbury would kind of want, it seems like kind of wants to work with him now. I know they have Josh Rosen. So thoughts maybe they might be trying to trade him. But so I'm not crazy on this. There are other people that think this too. And so it could happen. This His measurements could propel him ahead of Dwayne Haskins. I don't think they will. I think he's still going to be the second quarterback taken. Dwayne Haskins got all, has got all the tools, and he's just a big boy. He's 6'3", 230 or something like that. I didn't see what he measured in if, or if he's measured in yet. But it could. It, it's something to, to keep an eye on. He also kind of announced he wouldn't be throwing at the combine, and people were a little upset about that. And I can imagine you want to see him do the drills and whatnot, but I always thought the throwing was a little underrated. It's nice to see a guy throw the 10 yard out in the the 30 40 yard seam but whatever it's it's nice to see it but he these kids especially guys like him who threw 42 touchdowns seven interceptions won the Heisman he's show he's we know the kid can throw the football we know he's accurate we know he stays accurate on the run we know he's got a cannon he doesn't need to throw I'm worried about kids, if Drew Locke or Daniel Jones or Will Greer, if they came out and said, I'm not going to throw at the combine, I would be worried. And that would affect my placement of them and the draft board and, and, and when they're drafted. Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins don't need to throw. Andrew Luck doesn't need to throw. Carson Wentz doesn't need to throw. Back in the day, John Elway doesn't need to throw. They can choose if they want to. That's fine. Coming up, Tua next year, Trevor Lawrence, they don't need to throw. We know they can throw the football. What we want to see, and what the, when I say we, I'm taking the part of a front office guy. With the, what's most important to them with these kids you know can do the do, with these kids that can, that can ball, we already know that. They want to see these wonderlick tests. And they want to see the interview, the face-to-face interview where you get to ask them and learn their personality, ask them your questions. That's what matters with these guys. Kyler Murray can throw the football. Dwayne Haskins can throw the football. How are they in a meeting room? How are they as leaders? How are they as people? That's what matters for these kids. Drew Locke, Daniel Jones, Will Greer. Same thing. That matters. How are you as a person? How are you as a leader? But they have they have red flags as quarterbacks. Not big ones. They, they all are very talented. But does Daniel Jones have the arm strength? I don't know. Sometimes it doesn't look like it. We don't know. Can he throw that 10, 15, 20-yard out route on a line and get it past the defender? We don't know yet. So he, he's got to throw. Drew Locke. He makes some silly decisions because he's so talented. He's got such a talented live arm. 
He'll make some silly decisions where he tries to put it in places. So we want to see him throw. We want to see him make the right decisions. We want to see him break down a coverage, which obviously they won't get to do typically at the combine, but but we want to see him show off his mechanics. Will Greer, he's got some he's very talented, good quarterback. He's got some flags we want to see. We want to see if he can do these simple routes and can you do them to perfection without coverage? Because if you can, then then it's just learning how to break down defenses and how to read defenses and when to throw the ball. It's timing. That's fine. These guys, Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, we know they can do it. We got to see these other guys do it. So I, it doesn't bother me that Kyler Murray might not throw. There is also a rumor out that he's very competitive and may see these other guys throw and want to get out there and, and may go do it. I, I'm on the side. I'm on his side. I don't think. I, why do it? Kind of like last year when when Lamar Jackson was coming out, people were talking about him maybe being a wide receiver, and he said, no, I'm not going to run. You know why? We know Lamar Jackson's fast as frick. He's got, he's got wheels. We know that. He didn't want to come out and get categorized as a, as a scrambling QB, which we, he is right now, but he's learning to throw in the pocket. He got much better this year at it. He didn't want to get categorized as that, and he didn't want to, he didn't want to put more, I guess, uh, he didn't want to put more steam behind him possibly being a wide receiver. You know, so, and I'm not comparing it because Kyler Murray, I think, is a much more refined passer. So it's not really the same thing, but it kind of is. It's kind of Lamar Jackson wasn't going to run because you know I can run. Kyler's not going to throw because we know he can throw. He can he can sling the rock. He's fine. All right, as usual, we're bouncing. We're swishing over to the NBA. We're bouncing over to the NBA. I'll never be able to not say that. It's just. It's just too good. I'm going to start with a topic that I feel like I talk about LeBron every week, and I'm just going to keep doing it because if I keep hearing stuff about him, whether it's good, bad, whatever, I'm going to talk about it. And he's one of the most popular players in the world, so why wouldn't I talk about him? (laughs) If he's popular, that's what people want to hear. Whether you don't like him or you like him, people like talking about him. I'm going to do it. LeBron has been in somewhat of a predicament lately where he was bold enough, and I did not like this, he was bold enough to say, playoff mode activated. He didn't say that word for word, but that's what it felt like. You know, and he is good, and he is is good enough to do that. He's good enough to kind of coast through the season, average a triple-double, average a double-double, whatever, and, and then all of a sudden go into another gear. Whatever, I get it. I didn't like that. That he, that he said that. And since then, they haven't been great. I think they're 2-2 two and two now since he said that. So now, people, of course, here comes the jokes. Oh, it's activated. Oh, you're, you're losing to, the, to the, the reeling Grizzlies. You lose to the Pelicans without Anthony Davis. Okay. And there is some footage of him that kind of looks like he's not playing defense. Now, we don't know their scheme, but there was a... a um, a piece of footage of when they're playing the Grizzlies, and it, it appeared his man was wide open at the three. He kind of didn't even try to close out, and he hit the three-point shot, and LeBron turns around and looks at his teammates like, what the heck? Maybe it wasn't his job. It looked like it was. I didn't like the look of that. And we know I'm a huge LeBron fan, but I don't love the look. But I do want to break something down. 
I see people everywhere. The LeBron haters mostly. It's not, you know, the guys that are, there. there's two kind of sides of it, just like politics. There's one side, they're just absolute LeBron haters. There's the other side, absolutely goo-goo over LeBron that would never even say the things I'm saying about not liking the way he's carrying himself right now. And then there's me. I feel like I'm in the, I, I'm definitely, I lean towards the LeBron lover side for sure. I like LeBron a lot. Two, three years ago, I was way on the other end, LeBron hater. I just kind of try to take off my drunk goggles and look at it normally. <laughs> That's what I try to do. I try to look at it with an, with no bias. And so, again, I feel like I'm closer to the middle than anything, but I'm definitely, I definitely lean to the LeBron lover side. Whatever. However, I, I see people, the haters, call them and, calling them out personally, um, and as a teammate, so and I get this. When I get the frustration behind this, I see people calling him the worst teammate of all time. He's a loser. I never want my kids to be like him. He's a bad role model. He's just the worst role model I've ever seen in sports. Okay, let's break down those two things first of all. I get it. He he appears to be a bad teammate right now. He does. I'll give that to you. He he's kind of been lazy. On defense, even when he said playoff mode was going to be activated, he appears to be getting very tired of kind of leading this young team. He's 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 older for an NBA player. He's an old man, and it's kind of wearing on him. I think he kind of expected to come in with this talented young team and just make the playoffs easy, and it's not going the way he wanted. Um, So I'll give you that one. He, he kind of the feel is he's been a bad teammate, especially because obviously he, he would have had to sign off on trying to trade all these guys. So I'll give you that one. I really don't have a lot of argument there. But bad role model? Now, if you're saying he's a bad role model of how you should be a teammate, okay, whatever. But bad role model we've ever seen in sports, and and the person I heard say this was not talking about him as a teammate. He was talking about him as a person. you kidding me? The dude has done more for his community and has put more time and effort into it than probably any athlete ever. I mean, the dude, he's a good father. From all perspectives and angles that we can see, he's been a fantastic husband. He's been supportive of his family. He's been supportive of his community. He's been nothing short of eloquent when he speaks. And for the most part, he's done... Nothing but good outside of basketball for the most part. I don't know if he has a blemish or a or a a tarnish on his career. And you don't see that even with the best of people. I mean, I don't understand how he's been a bad role model. I would I would be fine with my future kids looking up to him as a person. I mean, it's especially in basketball. It's hard to find people that have been that good of a husband, father, family man. And then still have the energy and the work ethic to put the time he has to basketball and just the dedication. So I don't want to hear the role model stuff. He's a hard worker. He might be getting frustrated in games and not showing his putting his best foot forward there, but the dude grinds. And on top of that, is is a great human being. So I'm sick of hearing all that. And then the other thing I hear a lot is, well, Jordan would never do that. Jordan, I was listening to Pardon My Take, great show, don't recommend it for those of you that are easily offended, again, it's Barstool Sports, 
it's a funny show and they they just have, they do they do good stuff. And they had Dennis Rodman on. First of all, he was asked who's the best. They asked him who's the best the goat. Is it LeBron or is it MJ? He said, I don't care. LeBron's LeBron, MJ's MJ. Totally different generations. Both fantastic players. Perfect. I like that answer. Honestly, even though I do believe personally that LeBron is just all around a better player. He's just more well-rounded, whereas MJ was clearly a better defender and clearly a better scorer. LeBron just, there's not much he doesn't do well. And MJ, you know, there wasn't much that he didn't do well either, but LeBron just does everything really good. Whereas we always will remember MJ as a defender and scorer. And that's that's kind of that. He he. So so I like Dennis Rodman's answer. Don't really care. Both different players, both fantastic. Totally different generations. Doesn't really matter. I like that. But then he went on to say, Jordan would never. Well, the same thing. Jordan would never not compete in a game the way I see sometimes LeBron does or, or kind of shut down on a play. Jordan competed and and gave his all on every play always. Okay. It's just an unfair argument and an unfair statement because Jordan's never been on a team like this. Jordan, his early days with the Bulls weren't memorable, but once his career took off, he got Scotty, he got he got Dennis Rodman, he, he got the team around him, he got his arguably the greatest coach of all time, okay, he he had the organization, he had the teammates around him. He he never, even in his early years, he never went through a time like LeBron went through with the Cleveland Cavaliers going to the absolute worst franchise and making them a good franchise and then going to one of the worst fran- franchises at the time in the Miami Heat and making them a perennial contender or four years straight in the finals, rather, and then back to one of the worst franchises in the league, to the Cavaliers, making them four years straight in the finals. Jordan didn't have to go through stuff like that. He didn't have to go through teams like that. He had, he constantly had players around him. Once his career got to that point where Scotty was added, he constantly had a good team around him. Then he left, came back to the to with Dennis Rodman, a better team, because they added Dennis Rodman. And then he retires and comes back to a kind of crappy Wizards team. But he was old. He, he was done. He, he just got a couple years, went a couple more years, whatever. He's never been in this position where he's leading a team full of young second- and third-year players, and especially at 34. It's ex- I'm, I'm sure it's exhausting. And I'm not trying to give LeBron a pass. I don't want to do that. Because if he is going to talk that talk and he's going to claim he's going to claim he's the chosen one and he's going to kind of suggest that he's the goat and there's going to be all these people like me thinking that he may be the goat and kind of defending him, he can't be doing that. He can't be playing the way he's playing and taking plays off and getting upset that he's he made the decision to go to the Lakers. He knew what he was getting himself into, so I'm not giving LeBron a pass. I'm just saying I'm sick of this argument that MJ would never. We don't know. If MJ would never, because MJ has never been in the situation. He never had to lead a young team like this. He never had to go to a Cleveland Cavaliers, the basement of the NBA, and try to make them a perennial contender. He didn't have to go to the Miami Heat, a basement of the NBA, and have to make them a contender. 
No, he was with the Bulls, three straight, retired, went went to baseball. They, I think they only won one less game without Jordan, barely changed without Jordan, didn't win a championship. I get that. That's huge. But their regular season record was still fantastic, 54, 53 wins, whatever. Then he comes back, they won three more. It's fantastic. I'm not taking any away from Jordan. He is arguably the greatest player we've ever seen. Most would think absolutely the greatest player we've ever seen. He's He was phenomenal. I grew up borderline idolizing the dude. But I'm sick of these arguments of, oh, Jordan would never, Jordan would never, Jordan would never. We don't know that. He's never been in this situation. I'm not saying he would do what LeBron's doing. I'm just saying we don't know. Let's cut the crap. Stop Stop making that argument. What LeBron is doing is whatever. It's not great. We're not gonna we're not gonna compare this to how Jordan played because Jordan, of course, he went all out every time because he had a he was he had a team around him that could help him get to the playoffs every year. So I'm I'm just I don't want to hear it. And yes, LeBron's in the wrong, hundred percent, hundred percent. I just don't like the argument. All right, staying in the NBA. That one kind of fired me up. This is a I feel like this is a serious episode. We need some. Need to lighten up a little bit. We have a cool segment coming up later. It'll, it'll lighten up things up a little bit. Did you hear that? I was trying to wipe something off my mic. It sounded like I... Eh, whatever. All right. Uh, going over to the Celtics. What are they going to do about Kyrie, man? This thing is getting out of control. This went from a team who people thought might possibly have a chance of dethroning the Golden State Warriors this year. Going to the, the NBA Finals. And they, I don't know if they'll make the finals now. I don't know if they'll make the Eastern Conference finals. I think, that, uh, you know, if I had to if I had to put money on it right now, you know, I'm threatened with my life, have to put money on it, I'd probably say, you know what, they'll get it together. They'll probably make the, the Eastern Conference finals. Don't know if they'll make the NBA finals, but but I feel comfortable saying they would. They'll get it together. But what are they going to do about Kyrie? Kyrie is not making this team better, and I can prove it. In the last five games with Kyrie Irving, they are 0-5. And when their last six games without Kyrie Irving, they are 6-0. That is a drastic difference. He has not been great for this team. He has actually brought more negative attention than anything because he is becoming this like snobby, arrogant veteran because now he, kind of like what LeBron's going, with, going through with the Lakers, he is kind of leading this team of a few young guys that are that are still learning to play the game and be professionals. And he's a lot younger than LeBron, and he's having the same struggles. He is not enjoying it. He's already been hurt on numerous occasions, kind of bashing his teammates. Not only that, but he's becoming sensitive with the media, which he really hasn't been in the past. He's been kind of a kind of a fun-loving guy, or kid, I guess, with the NBA media. And now he's just he's sensitive. I mean, they ask him a question about the whole him and Kevin Durant thing about two max deals, and he just blows up. He he, he doesn't want to hear it, and it's like, what do you expect? You wanted to be with the late or with the Celtics, you're here, and now all of a sudden you're talking about two max deals, like, and it it got caught on camera, on it got recorded, and everybody heard it, and now we want to know, like, what did you mean, or what, what were you talking about, and you're gonna be upset about it? It's it's on you. You're the one that said it. I mean, so he is just, 
he is kind of hurting this basketball team. I mean, and it's and it's not just the morale, and it's not just the chemistry and the culture. It's wins and losses. Like I said, five straight losses with Kyrie, six straight wins without Kyrie. I'm thinking that they should have traded him at the trade deadline. They kind of thought everybody was crazy for suggesting that. And it's kind of looking like, well, probably should have done it. He's not he's not looking too good. It, it, what it appears to me is that he can't handle being the face of a franchise because let's think back to when he was fun-loving Kyrie. That was, whoa, wait a minute. Fun-loving, helped his team in the W's column, really talented, nice to the media, humble. That was, that was with, that was with the Cavaliers and LeBron James, when LeBron James was the face of the franchise. I don't think, I, I, I think that's the problem. I think there was so much pressure him coming into this team, and I just don't think he can handle it. I think he's combusting. I want to see Kyrie go back, whether it's with the Knicks and KD, where KD's the face. I don't, whatever. I would prefer to see him get to the Celtic or to the Lakers with LeBron and AD. I think that would be a really fun situation in the East to watch them and the Warriors go at it. And even better if it was Kyrie, Clay, and, and LeBron. I mean, that would just create this huge rivalry with, <laughs> with Golden State. So. I'm hoping that happens, and not just for entertainment. And for me, like I said, I don't care. Go to the Knicks. I just want to see fun-loving, talented, helping his team, Kyrie, back. He was one of my favorite players in the league, and now he's just kind of sad. He's just kind of bumming me out a little bit. He's not sad. He's still he's still a fantastic, he's still the most talented player on that Celtics team. But because of his attitude and what he's going through right now, it's not helping that team out, and it's just, it makes me sad to watch. And I'm not even a Celtics fan, but I love me some Kyrie, and lately I, I just, just haven't enjoyed seeing him lately. My last NBA topic, like I said, I will talk about this kid as much as I possibly can. What I came up with today for Luka Doncic is so awesome. He, it is his 20th birthday today, born in 1999. <laughs> the kid is 20 years old today, and he is probably, if he's not my favorite player in the league right now, he's he's getting there. I just love watching this kid play. So happy that it's his birthday today because it gave me a reason without me having to do a lot of research of what to talk about, but I told you I'm going to try to talk about him every week. I love me some Luka Doncic. 20th birthday today. Happy birthday. You'll probably never hear this, but I don't care. Happy birthday, Luka. Keep balling. Can't wait to see what your future holds. Um, He seems like a really nice guy, too, and he's he, he's pretty good looking, so, you know. Faith, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I don't mean to, like, put you out there, but my sister's single, and she's she's beautiful, you know, she's 18 or 17, 18. Faith, you're 18? Oh my gosh. So there's only a two-year age gap. Actually less because he just turned 20, so a little less. We can make that happen, right? (laughs) All right. 
Moving into our last segment of the day, it's another new one. Um, I think I'm going to kind of, this may be, no, no, I'm sorry, there's one more new one coming next week, and after that I'm going to start going back through them. We're going to start kind of weeding out the ones I want to keep, the ones I want to get rid of, maybe keep all of them, kind of be on a schedule. But today I'm going to bring in one that um, I thought was fine. I just kind of thought of it on the fly, and it seems kind of fun. So I kind of went through, made a list of kind of the top Twitter uh, kind of trending thing. Some are for the category of sports. Some are just, you know, entertainment, pop culture, whatever. And um, actually, I think all of these today, because there was just so much that happened today. Yeah, all these are sports, except for one. So I'm going to call this segment Twitter Certified. Let's jump right in. Twitter Certified, the first trending topic that I found today. Uh, Caris Levert. Not going to lie, I've never heard of this NBA player. So... I guess I'm out of the loop, or I just haven't heard of this player. Scores zero points. So Chris Liv- uh, Chris Livert scores zero points on his bobblehead night. So um, <laughs> it was his time, I, I guess. They go through kind of every game or every home game over the past few weeks has been each individual player's bobblehead night where each fan gets a bobblehead for free if you come to the game, of that player. So this was Chris Livert's turn. His bobbleheads got passed out to every seat, every fan that came, and he scores zero points that night. That is, I don't want to, I don't want to laugh. I don't want to make fun of him. That's, that stinks. That would hate, I would hate to be in that situation. It's just kind of embarrassing, but, but you know what? Keep balling Levert, Lever, maybe it's Lever. I apologize. Hey, if somebody knows how to pronounce that name, go ahead and uh, go ahead and send it in at Take It Leave It, BH, on Twitter or Instagram, because I would love to know. Because if I'm making a fool of myself right now, it'd be nice to know. <sighs> okay. Trending topic number two: Johnny Football banned from CFL for violating contract. Not a good look. Really wanted him to make it because he was exciting to watch in college, but. It just did not work out, and now it, it would appear at this point his career is over. I mean, he he the only his only avenue back into the NFL was through the CFL, and now the CFL banned him. Not only his team, but the whole league banned him. His career is done. We can no longer. I'm actually, I'm decreeing it. How would I say this? Because I can't make it illegal, because I have no power. But I am. Decreeing in the land of sports that you may no longer call Johnny Manziel Johnny Football. We've got to call him something else. Johnny Manziel is fine. Johnny Band. Johnny. Johnny. Just Johnny. Mr. Manziel. Just not Johnny Football. He is no longer Johnny Football because he cannot play football anymore. And it's because of his, his own mistakes and his own choices. So. Take that however you will. Trending topic number three, D. Wade's game winner. I don't know if anybody saw this. Look it up last night. Heater down. Um, they're trying to get an open three look. They're passing around. Almost gets stolen. Finally, they get a pass to Dwayne Wade. He tries to take the shot. He gets blocked. He's able to catch it, and essentially it almost looks like he catches it on one foot, kind of hops to stay behind the three-point line and just shoves it because 
it was, the clock was winding down. It was almost it was under a second. He knew he couldn't take a normal shot, so he just pushes it out of his hands and banks it in for the win. Dwayne Wade continuing to do his things, and with the cornrows last night, he looked good. He looked fresh. He is still balling. I think he dropped 25 off the bench last night. Incredible play. My favorite play all season so far. Not of just Dwayne Wade, of, of literally the NBA season. It was fantastic. Go watch it. Trending topic number four in the sports world. I think I'm going to say this right. I'm going to do my best to say it right. Uh, fantastic story. Tony Harris, I believe is her name, becomes first female to sign a letter of intent as a skill position. So until today, females had only signed letters of intent to play college football as kickers or I believe punters as well. First time a skill position or or I guess it wouldn't even technically be skill position. She is. She, she's a safety, I believe. She, so the first time a non-kicker, a female non-kicker, has signed a letter of intent. She's going to college. She got a full ride, and she will be playing football. I think that is fantastic. I've always been iffy on the topic of, you know, of, of women playing football. I think it's fantastic for women to play football with other women, but I know women's rights are so important. And if a woman wants to play football with men, I believe she should have that right if she's good enough, if she can keep, if she's good enough. And so she is good enough. She earned it. She gets a first woman signed letter of intent for a non-kicker position. I think this is fantastic. I will definitely be keeping up with this story to see what happens. I think it's the coolest thing. So cool. So congrats to Tony Harris. Just such a cool story. Trending topic number five. Giants coach, uh, we talked about this a little earlier, so I'll kind of run right through this. Pat Shermer expects Eli Manning back. We know this. Um, kind of talked about it a little bit earlier with the whole Nick Foles topic. So they're expecting Eli to be back as their starter, kind of grooming whoever they draft. But as, if they're if they're thinking, you know, if, if this statement is like as if to say, yeah, we're kind of thinking about not drafting a quarterback, which I don't believe it is, um, they're wild because the only reason they are not winning more games right now is Eli Manning. I can I – can, I would – almost feel comfortable enough putting money on that, uh, that once they get a young, talented quarterback, they will win more games almost immediately. Um, Eli is holding them back. He's old. He's never been an elite quarterback, but now add to that that he's old and is not even as good as he used to be. They need a new quarterback, but, you know, expecting him back next year at least to groom Dwayne Haskins. And, And I can almost see it being similar to what Baker went through this year where Dwayne Haskins comes in, Eli kind of has a few few weeks to kind of groom like Tarad did, show him how to be a pro quarterback. And, and a few weeks is not enough necessarily for a young guy, but I could see Dwayne Haskins kind of taking over midseason, maybe a little earlier, and, um, and going to win in some football games. I think he's going to be really good, so we'll keep an eye on that situation. But there you have it. Trending topic number what, seven? Yeah, number seven. Have Did you see... I'm just going to say it. Doc Rivers calls a timeout in the Clippers game, Clippers-Mavericks game, to honor Dirk Nowinski. And on first look, I looked, and I almost thought this was awkward because the Clippers were up. They had won the game, called a timeout with a few seconds left to honor Dirk, and it's almost like, yeah, I mean, you're, it's a middle, it's, this is in the middle of a loss, so I don't know. Then I, I just I looked at just the pure emotion on, on you know Doc's face, and, and he, he was just so happy to do this for Dirk, and, and Dirk, just the pure gratitude, the fans, the players, all the Clippers players got to come up and congratulate him, hug him, 
say a few words. I thought it was such a cool moment. Dirk was just obviously full of emotion. So kudos to the Clippers. Kudos first and foremost to Doc. Much respect. And then kudos to the Clippers players for even coming over. All of them were just so loving and uh, and respectful and, and just so much respect for Dirk, and who, who truly is one of the greatest of all time. Um, just a fantastic player. Did it the right way. Cool moment. If you haven't seen the moment, go watch it. Trending topic number eight. This I just added when I sat down to record this. Bryce Harper is headed to Philly. Fantastic player. We know that even guys that don't keep up with a lot of baseball like me, I watch here and there. I do watch a lot of playoff baseball when playoffs come around, but I I I really don't keep I've been keeping up with the offseason this year because there've been, you know, obviously Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, Machado gets that $300 million deal and Harper breaks that with a 13-year, $330 million contract. Huge for Bryce Harper. He will not be out of that contract until he's about 40. I believe he's 25, 26 right now. Maybe 27. So I mean, by the time this contract is done, he will be he will be uh very close to that 40-year hump. So uh, congrats to him. He uh, He's a fantastic player. I I have a little reserve saying he deserves it. I think he does deserve it, but I mean, that's just that is a lot of money. That's a lot of time to commit, but anyways, Cool for him. Cool for the sport of baseball. Cool for the Phillies. And trending topic number nine. Something that I'm going to be kind of adding here and there, especially during this offseason of sports. Obviously, we're going to be going into baseball soon, but the summer is going to be a little slow. We will be throwing in a lot of... I think we're going to start throwing in some e-gaming. Uh, or, I'm sorry, e-gaming. E-sports. Because um, I'm into it. I like watching. I do watch Fortnite here and there. I watch some Apex. Watch some, uh, well, that's really it. Watch a little bit of PUBG. So we'll talk about it a little bit. We'll get nerdy. I don't care. That's fine. Um, so today, Fortnite Season 8 is out. It looks sweet. I have not played it yet. Pirate themed. There's a few other things. Huge map changes. Looks a lot of fun. Um, yeah, uh, get on it if you're a Fortnite fan. If you're not. Well, you're probably playing playing Apex Legends, so whatever. Play Apex Legends, that's fine. Um, Fortnite Season Eight looks sweet. I'm gonna hopefully play a little bit tonight. Looks awesome. Uh, looks a yeah. And, and like I said, we're gonna be adding some esports in, and we do have a new kind of guest that we'll be having on the show hopefully sooner rather than later. Wanted to do it tonight, couldn't. I will reveal him, but um, I don't even know if he. He he expressed interest, and I said, I'm, I'm signing you on the spot. So he really hasn't said okay, but but this is me announcing it. So I'm not going to tell you his name. We may meet him next week, hopefully. Uh, if not, it'll be sometime soon, and he's going to be kind of our eSports expert. And he says, no, I'm not an expert. I don't know that too much, but he does. He, he has very good takes, very good analysis. We'll do some talks with him hopefully next week, like I said. If not, probably the week after. Yeah, Fortnite Season 8. That wraps up Twitter certified. Bada bing. I wish I had like some type of tweeting sound to put in there. Tweet, tweet. Yeah, oh gosh, that was awful. That was an awful tweeting sound. 
how's the Twitter sound when, when it comes to your iPhone? It's like, yeah, no, that was terrible too. I'm just going to stop there. All right, that was our show today. Thanks for tuning in. That is all I got. Again, please uh, get us some mail. But we we will start a mailbag as soon. At, I hope. Well, I haven't checked it in a few days, so hopefully there's not stuff in there. Maybe we could have had a mailbag. Uh, but I will check it every day from now on. Send some stuff. Take it, leave it, BH on Twitter and Instagram. Again, take it, leave it, BH. Get some stuff in the DMs, questions, comments, love, hate. We'll read some of it, and I'll give my takes on it. I'll give my opinions on it. I'll whatever. Or I'll make whole segments about it. It's whatever. Uh, send us some stuff. We love you guys. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I need to announce. I don't think so. All right. Love you guys. That's all I got. You can take it or leave it. We will talk to you next week. Peace.